0: So, Guan is going to come now and read to us those verses from Psalm 119. Thank you, Guan. Good morning. Uh, this reading is from, today is from Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. That's Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes."
1: Well, good morning, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, we were gone for about 30 days over June, and then uh, we had a quarantine, and then we moved house. So all told, we were gone for about six weeks or so from Black Rock Church, and we really missed it, and it's great to be back. Uh, we've been back now for a couple weeks. Well, it was interesting being gone for 30 days over June and July. It was the longest we'd ever been away from our house. And so we had packed up our house, um, our, what seemed like our house, when we went prepared for gone for 30 days. We got in our car, drove to the airport, parked in an airport parking lot, flew to the States, and then 30 days later, at 5.15 a.m., we arrived back at our car with one extra large piece of luggage. So we weren't sure whether that was gonna fit in the car, but thankfully my uh, Tetris skills paid off and I was able to get that into the car. So here we were, 6 a.m., parking lot, finally ready to go home. Turned the keys and nothing. The battery was dead as a doornail, of course. Well, after some moments of panic, we we finally got airport maintenance to come, start the car, and we were on our way. Well, the car only had one gear, fourth gear. Apparently not driving it for a month uh, made a difference to how this car decided to run that morning. So we said, well, we have to get home. We're so tired. We're so jet lagged. So we drove home from the airport to Black Rock in fourth gear. I don't think any lasting damage was done. We'll see. We got home, we could barely get in our front door because our rose bush had grown in front of our front door. We couldn't get in our backyard hardly because we had a very lush June and so the grass was knee-high and our garden was uh, overgrown like a jungle. It's hard to believe now, but it was actually quite chilly at the beginning of July and so we wanted heat. It was cold. Well, the heat didn't work. No heat. Apparently not running the heat for a month makes a difference. In fact, it was amazing how everything seemed just a little bit off. Not doing the little things we do in our house and in our car day by day made a big difference. In today's passage, Psalm 119, we're going to see the psalmist emphasizing the importance of continuous, daily, persevering contact with the Word. In fact, you can see this theme throughout 119. Um, are we, do we have kids' uh, church today, kids' club today, Irvin? We do have kids' club today. So if the kids want to go to kids' club, they can be excused now in the back. There we go. All right, and the kids run away. That's great. Okay. Very good. Um, So 119, one thing that's a constant theme throughout 119 is this persevering focus with the word, and we're going to look at that today in the context of verses 41 through 48 as we continue our summer exploration of Psalm 119. And in this section, we're going to see four ways in which steadfast connection to the word orders our lives and lets us live confidently in covenant blessing in a broken world. All right, I think, they're, I think they're finally out, that rush of feet. Uh, that's great. Um, well, the first way, the first way we see of steadfast connection to the word, ordering our lives and bringing blessing to us is it allows us to experience and claim covenant love. The second way we're gonna see is it fills us with God's wisdom and truth. The third way is it brings order and confidence to our spiritual lives. And lastly, it brings delight and joy To our salvation first let's look at the way that perseverance in the word brings us order to our spiritual lives by allowing us to experience and claim covenant love starting in verse 41 let your steadfast love come to me o lord your salvation according to your promises then i shall have an answer for him who taunts me for i trust in your word the original word used here for steadfast love Conveys a deep covenant love And the psalmist continues this theme in 42 with the idea of covenant blessing It is assured salvation. It is certain love Now it's the first time this expression of covenant love is used in psalm 119 But this original word is used in the bible over 300 times What does this tell us? What should tell us that god delights in promising his love to us? In Psalm 89, God speaks about how this love is bound forever to us through a covenant relationship. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm throughout all generations. I will maintain my love to him forever and my covenant with him will never fail. Psalm 89 is speaking about the perfected covenant that we have in Christ. And this new covenant is the ultimate expression of God's faithfulness in his covenant love. And even more than the psalmist writing this psalm in the Old Covenant, we should be calling upon this steadfast love. In Jeremiah 31, it was prophesied, When I make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. As we walk in a world Where christianity is diminished and taunted at every step We should walk in certainty that our salvation in the love of god is unconditionally available Well, the section ends with for I trust your word The psalmist is assured of this covenant love And the love that's going to withstand the persecutions of the world because he trusts the word of god Well, why does he trust the word of god and then how can we trust the word of god? I think Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 gives us the ultimate answer. It's a well-known verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Lean not in your own understanding. This is the key. We cannot trust God's word while relying on ourselves. We must instead rely on God's word and substitute His understanding for ours. And if we're to adopt this understanding and reject our own, that will only come through continuous contact with the word of God. So how can we learn to trust the word of God? Well, I think the short answer is time. Time spent in the word and meditating on it. And this is emphasized in the next section where we'll look at when the psalmist talks specifically about unrelenting contact with the word. That is the connection here, and it's a formula of sorts. Reading the word, seeing the covenant-loved promise in the word, experiencing that covenant love, and then trusting the word, and repeat. That's the way in which we connect to the great covenant love of God. Secondly, in the second way, constant connection to the word orders our lives by by filling us with God's wisdom and truth. Starting in verse 43. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth for my hope is in your rules I will keep your law continually forever and ever and I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts We see here a desire for wisdom and firmness that comes from God's word So that we walk in the liberty of being found in in the liberty found in being in the word The original hebrew here used for this phrase taking truth utterly out of my mouth Uh, is actually used throughout the Old Testament, and it refers to wanting to stay on the right way or desiring the firmness of God's truth. This right way is echoed again in the last part of the section, where after resting in the commandments of God, the writer is able to walk in a wide path or liberty. And this idea of a wide path is also used throughout Scripture. In the original text, it means a sense of openness, freedom, or no obstacles. So I think the psalmist is saying here in essence, I want to be filled with the truth of the word and the wisdom and faithfulness that it brings so that I enjoy freedom of living in the right way. And the psalmist writes that all of this is connected to keeping the law and a deep understanding and hope in the law of God. Well, this is an incredibly impactful couple of verses, but it's important as we as Christians translate this into the new covenant. As Christians, we are not called to place our hope in the Old Testament rules, and we are not even called per se to keep the Mosaic law. What then does keeping the law mean for Christians? In the New Covenant, there is a fundamental change in the way we are to relate to God. The Old Covenant was a written law that brought righteousness through condemnation. And the New Covenant is based on grace, which brings righteousness to us, but in forgiveness in life. The Spirit leads us to obey God, but is a different basis of responding to God. The Old Covenant, um, as you s- yeah, okay, sorry, I can't see my PowerPoint, so I'm making sure it's up there. But as you can see in the PowerPoint, there's a few uh, differences that are key to understanding the differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Um, and, and I won't go through those uh, this morning, but I think those are some key differences to observe. So what then does keeping the law mean for Christians? It means that as Christ is the basis of our relationship with God, our identity must be seen with him. Christ in the gospel becomes central to our lives. We are called to obey Christ's law. We must observe our, uh, immerse ourselves in the gospel, seeing Christ as the fulfillment of the law, and his direction for our lives becomes our wisdom. And as we will see later on this pa- in this passage, it becomes our delight. This connection between knowing the word and wisdom is found throughout Scripture, from Deuteronomy 4:6, where keeping and knowing the law is said to be wisdom and understanding, to Timothy 3:15, where Paul writes that the knowledge of the word leads to wisdom, that ultimately brings salvation. In fact, later in Psalm 119.98, the psalmist writes that your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. And then in 2 Timothy 3.16, we find the well-known verse, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The psalmist is reflecting this understanding that God's word equips us for the world, bringing wisdom and setting our feet upon the right way. Well, the third way that connection to the word brings us blessing is by providing confidence to our spiritual lives and this is verse 46 I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame The psalmist now speaks in verse 46 about finding confidence Through what we will see in the next section as his delight in the law of God And we could look at these last three verses together because they're very much connected But I wanted to look at this separately because I think this is an important concept to understand, this idea of confidence. Staying connected to the word gives us boldness and confidence. One of my favorite verses is John 1, 9, Joshua 1.9, where God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, we stay connected to the Lord, having him with us, by having his word upon our hearts. And this gives us confidence to speak and live boldly. Our faith in God will not be put to shame. Another one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 40:31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles; they will run and not grow weary; they will walk and not be faint. Well, specifically in this passage, the reference is not just to general confidence, but a specific type of confidence A boldness to speak of God's testimony for us as Christians boldness to to preach the gospel of Christ Paul in 2nd Corinthians 3 12 points out that we can preach with boldness because we no longer have just the law of Moses but the gospel of Christ in 2nd Corinthians 3 Paul lays out that the surpassing glory of the new covenant gives us confidence It comes back again to the very first part of this psalm and accessing the covenant of Christ To have this confidence as we'll see in the next section We must access this through connection to the word And as we look at the last aspect of this passage We will see that experiencing god's blessing through finding our delight in his word will connect us into this confidence in the lord So finally that brings us to the fourth way That perseverance in the word orders our spiritual lives. And this is by connecting us into the covenant blessing of joy in our lives. And this is verse 47 and 48. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. We are defined by what we love. In John 3, 19, we see how it's described for those that are apart from Christ the light came into the world and men loved darkness rather than light christianity is not just a bunch of rules or exerting more and more willpower but a changed heart a new sense of taste if you will later on in psalm 119 in verse 103 we see this emphasized oh how i love thy law it is my meditation all the day how sweet are thy words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth as we enter into the new covenant as christians we see covenant blessings we are given the ability to delight in christ and this delight becomes our joy as christians in psalm 116 11 we see a direct connection between this knowledge of the word again this right way and joy you make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore As we've discussed previously this reference to commandments statutes and the right way As christians is replaced with the centrality of christ Therefore we can say that delight in the gospel of christ Is central to our lives and that cry should reflect what this passage is saying But does this finding delight in christ come naturally Is it a switch that happens instantaneously once we accept Christ into our hearts? Well, not really. We are given a new heart, but as Christ says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The psalmist here reminds us that experiencing covenant blessing, learning to delight in the law of God, or for us Christians, delighting in Christ, takes continuous contact with the word. And more than that, actually meditating, taking time to pray about what we read. The famous preacher Jonathan Edwards talked about how meditating on Christ and his qualities enables us to delight in him. This is the first step. He said this about the person of Christ. The person of Christ brings together infinite justice and infinite grace, infinite glory and lowest humility, infinite majesty and transcendent meekness, deepest reverence towards God and equality with God infinite worthiness of good and greatest patience under evil, exceeding spirit of obedience with supreme dominion over heaven and earth, self-sufficiency, and entire reliance upon God. We can only find who Christ is by diving into the Word, which, as we read in John, is a direct reflection of Christ. The Word is Christ. Spending time in the Word is time spent with Christ. As we learn to partake continuously in the Word and therefore of Christ, we learn to savor Christ and His goodness. We develop new taste. The end result is found in Psalm 37 4 Delight yourselves in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. When we're in the Word, when we dwell on the surpassing goodness of God, delighting in His ways, we are ultimately fulfilled because our heart is aligned to his will. We, alt- we experience then the full measure of God's covenant blessing in our lives. As we conclude today, we've seen the blessings that come with perseverance in the word. But can we also see the consequences of avoiding the word and not focusing on Christ? Instead of fully experiencing the covenant love of Christ, we become separated by sin. We seek wisdom, but find confusion. Instead of confidence, we are unsure of our faith. We walk on overgrown, confused paths instead of clear, wide, sure paths laid out for us by God. In short, we may find ourselves looking at neglected and overgrown spiritual lives. Much like when we returned home to an overgrown and neglected house, we can find our spiritual state the same after neglecting the centrality of Christ in our lives. This passage reminds us of the blessings that come with continuous focus on God's Word and our covenant love in Christ. So what can we do to make sure that we experience this continual, persevering focus in the Word? Well, I know for me, consistent uh, study in the word is just difficult, it's always been. I find pr- time for prayer every day, but for some reason, setting aside the same time for the word has always come a bit harder. So I'm setting myself now in this summer, minimum goals every day, and I'm starting small. Just like how sometimes you neglect your body, you have to start small to get back into the uh, routine of exercise. Maybe just start off by one verse a day. Getting in the habit of taking time for one verse a day, then five verses, then perhaps get into a study that takes you into the word every day. Do that until you're where you want to be. Well, maybe you're a word warrior and you get into the word every day. Maybe that's something that just comes naturally for you, and that's great, but perhaps you need more to take time to savor what you're reading. More time in meditation and prayer. Again, start small. The goal is consistency. Consistency. Well, finally, let us be a church that recognizes the importance of living out a Christian life day after day in constant connection to Christ. We should stay connected to each other, encouraging each other, providing spiritual support. Even more, we should be a church that delights in the centrality of Christ in our lives. Let us partake of the covenant blessings promised to us and experience the joy of being in Christ together. Amen. Let us pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your covenant blessings that you have promised to us. Thank you so much that your word is available to us to read. Please keep us connected into your word. Help us to have that unrelenting perseverance as, as we study who you are and get to know Christ and, and, and his centrality in our lives better. Be with us uh, this week as we go forth into the world uh, and help us to stay connected to you. In your name we pray, amen.